Section twelve of the Animal Storybook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Conway, England. The Animal Storybook, edited by Andrew Lang. Chapter twelve. Stories about ants by mrs lang if any one will watch an ant-hill on a fine day in april he will see the little inhabitants begin to rouse themselves from their winter's sleep which lasts from the month of october with a red ant at all events groups of them come out to the top of the ant-hill to warm and thaw themselves in the rays of the sun some more active and robust run in and out waking up the lazy hurrying the laggards and rousing all the little community to begin their summer habits but this activity does not last long they are as yet only half awake and still numb and torpid from the winter's cold and the little throng increases or diminishes as the sun shines or disappears behind a cloud as two half past two and three o'clock arrive they have nearly all disappeared inside the ant-heap leaving only a few warriors of a larger make and tried courage to watch over the well-being of the little republic and to close up all openings with tiny chips of wood dry leaves and shreds of moss so as to hide the entrances from human eye two or three sentinels wander round to see that all is secure and then they enter and all is still if we come back again in about a week we shall find the ants in the middle of their regular migration to the summer quarters not far from their winter ones this takes place with the red ant at all events with great regularity every april and october the red ant is beyond doubt a slave owner the slaves may be easily recognised from their masters by being of a smaller make and light yellow colour as soon as the masters have fixed the day of their flitting they begin probably to ensure the consent of the slaves by violently seeking them and rolling them into a ball and then grasping them firmly they set off towards the summer quarters at full gallop if an ant can be said to gallop the master ant is in a great hurry to get rid of his living burden he goes straight ahead in spite of all obstacles avoiding all interruptions and delays and as soon as he arrives at the summer ant-heap plunges in deposits the slave all breathless and terrified from his forced journey and sets off back for another darwin who closely studied the migrations of the ant says that they differ in their means of transport one sort is carried by the slaves the other our friend the red ant scientifically called formica sanguini carries his property carefully in his mouth it seems strange to us that the master should carry the slave but no stranger than it would appear to the ants if they should begin to study our habits that some of us should sit in a carriage and be driven by the coachman the slave once installed in his summer quarters seldom appears again before the autumn exodus unless in the event of some disturbance in the camp or its invasion by some ants of a hostile tribe where the slaves take part in the defence and especially watch over the young ones 
the slaves seemed to be carpenters and miners and warriors when necessary they build the dwelling repair it of which it has constant need and defend it in case of attack with dauntless courage but their principal duties seem to be to take charge of the development of the young and to feed the masters no small task as there seem to be ten masters to one slave and they seem incapable of eating unless fed experiments have been tried of removing the slaves from them and though sugar and every sort of tempting food is put down beside them they will starve rather than help themselves in fact one wonders what the masters can be left for but to drive the slaves which they do with great ardour a french gentleman who spent years studying the habits of the ants tried one day by way of experiment to take a slave away from its master he had great difficulty in removing it from its bearer who struggled furiously and clung to its burden when at last the slave was set free instead of profiting from its liberty it turned round and round in a circle as if dazed then hid itself under a dead leaf a master ant presently came along an animated conversation took place and the slave ant was seized upon and borne off again to bondage the same gentleman another day observed a slave ant venture out to the entrance to the ant hill to enjoy the warmth of the sun a great master ant spied it and set to with blows of its horns antennae they are called to persuade it that that was not its place finding the slave persisted in not understanding the master resorted to force and seizing it by its head without taking the trouble to roll it up as they are generally carried he held it into the ant-hill where no doubt it received the punishment it deserved if we came back to the ant-heap a week after our last visit we should find the migration finished if the weather has been fine but ants especially after their first awaking are extremely sensitive to wind and rain and only work well in fine weather they are equally affected by weather before a storm even though the sun may be shining they will remain in the ant heap with closed doors if it is shut before midday the storm will burst before evening if it is shut before eight or nine in the morning the rain will fall before noon all this time we have been speaking only of the red ant but there are any number of different kinds in europe not to mention the enormous ants of the tropics who march into such armies that the people fly before them deserting their villages different species differ totally in their habits and ways of building and living the greater number of species live apart and not in a community with an elaborately constructed house like the red ant the little black ant is the commonest in this country and the busiest and most active she is the first to awake in march sometimes in february and the last to sleep sometimes not till november their instincts and habits of activity however are apt to deceive them and they get up too soon the french gentleman already mentioned observed an instance of the kind on february the twenty fourth after an unusually mild winter the sun shone as if it were already summer and it was difficult to persuade oneself that it was not except that there were no leaves on the trees 
no birds singing in the branches and no insects humming in the air first our friend went to examine the red ant heap which was closed as usual all the inhabitants being still plunged in their winter sleep the black ants on the contrary were all awake and lively and seemed persuaded that the fine weather had come to stay their instincts deceived them for that night it froze rain snow and fog succeeded each other in turn and when next he visited the ant-heap he found them lying in masses stiff and dead before the entrance to their dwelling between the red and black ants there is great enmity and terrible combats take place when they fight they grasp each other like men wrestling and each tries to throw the other down and break his back the conquered remain on the battlefield nearly broken in two and feebly waving their paws till they slowly expire in agonies the conqueror on the other hand carries away his dead to burial and his wounded to the camp and then entering triumphantly himself closes the doors after him the gentleman already quoted witnessed the funeral of an ant he had passed the ant-heap about a quarter of an hour and left as he thought all the inhabitants behind him when he saw what appeared to be an enormous red ant making for home on stooping to look more closely he saw that it was one ant carrying another he succeeded in separating them from each other and then saw that the burden was neither a slave nor a prisoner but a dead comrade being carried back to the ant-heap for a decent burial for if ants fall into the hands of the enemy they are subjected if alive to the most cruel tortures and if dead to mutilations usually when an ant is relieved of anything it is carrying whether it be a slave a wounded ant or some eatable it will set off at full speed and let the burden be picked up by the next passing ant but this one made no attempt to run away and only turned round and round in a perplexed and irresolute way till its dead friend was put down beside it then it seized its precious burden and set off homewards with it travellers even tell that in algeria there are ant cemeteries near the ant heaps no lover of animals doubts that they have a language of their own which we are too stupid or deaf to understand any one who studies the ways of the ants sees beyond a doubt that they too have a way of communicating with each other for instance an ant was one day seen at some distance from the ant hill and evidently in no hurry to go back to it in the middle of the path she perceived a large dead snail she began by going round and round it then climbed on its back and walked all over it having satisfied herself that it was a choice morsel but too large for her to carry home alone she set off at once to seek help on the way she met one of her companions she ran at once to her they rubbed their antennae together and evidently an animated conversation took place for the second ant set off immediately in the direction of the snail the first one continued on her way home communicating with every ant she met in the same way by the time she disappeared inside the ant-heap an endless file of busy little ants were on their way to take their share of the spoil in ten minutes the snail was completely covered by the little throng 
and by the evening every trace of it had vanished recent observations have proved that the time-honoured idea of the ants storing up provision for the winter is a delusion a delusion which la fontaine's famous fable le fourmi et la cigale has done much to spread and confirm it is now known as we have already seen that ants sleep all winter and that the food which we constantly see them laden with is for immediate consumption in the camp they eat all kinds of insects hornets and cockchafers are favourite dishes but the choicest morsel is a fine fat green caterpillar caught alive they seize it some by its head some by its tail it struggles it writhes and sometimes succeeds in freeing itself from its enemies but they do not consider themselves beaten and attack it again little by little it becomes stupefied from the discharges of formic acid the ants throw out from their bodies and presently it succumbs to their renewed forces finally though the struggle may last an hour more it is borne to the ant-heap and disappears to be devoured by the inmates perhaps these short stories about ants may induce some of you to follow the advice of the preacher and go to the ant yourselves for more End of chapter twelve